Hi, I'm Ryan Hahn. And I'm Tracy Bowersley. And welcome to COVIDcation. On this week's show, we are focusing on education and how students, young and old, are coping with learning from home. Tracy, you've spoken with students, parents, and kids around the globe about how they've been affected by this pandemic. Brian, I've had quite a week. I've heard so many people's stories from different viewpoints. What I found most interesting is that university and college students have gone through the same adjustments as we have. We were supposed to start our internships last week, as you know, and due to the cancellation of placements, we had to find alternate options. Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why we started this podcast. The six of us decided to come together and we were concerned about completing our course expectations. So we thought it'd be a good idea to try and do this so that we can graduate the program. Exactly. It's important for students everywhere to understand and know that they're, they're not alone. We're all in this together. And we you know, had to explore choices and different ways to get our, our same accomplishments that they have to get done. Um, we wanted to explore topics we thought students would want to hear and learn about, um, things that I guess you could say daily news won't really bring forth in, in their reports. Mm-hmm. And then um, as well, we were able to like do what we love and share the stories affecting us. Share the, share the stories about students by us, students. Exactly. I um, <laughs> took a worldwide approach to the um, educational theme. Um, in London, England, I spoke to Taneg McDowell. She's 22 years old and completed her Master's of Science in Medical Studies. She has a Bachelor's in Psychology and Behavioral Science at the University of Cambridge. And was supposed to complete a placement just like us, but because of the pandemic, it was all up in the air now for her. So all lectures have been canceled. All educational settings have been canceled. Exams have become remote and have changed into coursework or online assessments, which are timed and dissertation projects have been cancelled. So basically, Ryan, Taneg's dissertation project was supposed to be an eight-month placement. She was supposed to go to a mental health hospital to interact with patients and gather information on a specific treatment to see if that would improve their condition. She said she would have spent the summer analyzing the data she gathered to submit for her dissertation. However, because we have to social distance, um, we can no longer take part in that, comp- in that placement and therefore have no data to complete a dissertation. That's the student perspective, but what about the teachers? Think how hard it must be for them. Well, Ryan, I spoke to um, a teacher from Manchester, England, Deanne Wilkes, And her situation is somewhat different from the teachers here in Ontario. She still has to go to school to teach special needs students and the students of essential workers. What happens to the other kids? They have transitioned to um, virtual learning. She said um, the kids were sent home with a lot of resources so that they could keep busy. Her only um, issue she's having 
is her grade six students who have been moved, who are, who are moving to high school. They don't get to complete their final exam. She said it's, it comes, it's going to come down to their last practice test that they had in January to determine whether or not they pass or fail and can move on to high school. So obviously they're not going to be able to sit their um, SATs. So it will go off how they've done in like practice tests and things. They did one in January and the week after our schools closed on the 20th, we had already photocopied all the SATs papers for them to have another practice. So now it's going to be on how well they did in um, January and as a teacher, how they do in school and how they perform. So yeah, that's on us now to kind of judge and give them those grades for high school. I spoke to her daughter, Tari, who is graduating high school. Unlike her mother's students who are in their final year of elementary school, she too has to depend on a pass fail from her teacher. She would be in her last year of high school. She's going to college. Um, so she was going to have to sit her GCSEs. So when Boris announced that the exams were cancelled, she was like, yeah. But then when it dawned on her, it was a bit more like, oh, I've been working hard. You know, I've been working really hard. So what's going to happen now? Um, but I do know that, that they have said that the high school teachers have to do the same as what we're going to have to do, which is teacher judgment and going off their mock results and things, what she did in um, December. Moving across the ocean to closer to home, you spoke to a mom and a daughter in Las Vegas, Nevada. I did. Shade Edwards. She's a mom of two. Lyndon is two. And Leah is nine. She has a, she, she left her comfy job as a director of business development at a mental health facility to open her own business. She opened a nourish wellness center, which I believe we need a lot of those right now in this era of what we're going through. She opened it last month. Now she's home with her two babies, trying to navigate, running a new business, caring for a toddler, and keeping her daughter on track with her schoolwork. It's hard because she wants to keep her kids safe, but Leah, she just wants to be with her friends. I'm happy it's closed, of course, because I want, I don't want my child exposed to anything of that sort, but I know, poor thing, she's so bored. <laughs> she wants to be in school with her friends. That's the thing about kids, Ryan. The learning is great, but the social interaction is important, especially for their mental health. But let's be honest, they're so lucky in these times. They can still communicate with each other virtually, of course. It's been so cute, like her Girl Scout troop, they've done like Girl Scout bingo, um, like some, they, they got in their pajamas and did like a bingo together. Um, even the Girl Scout moms, we all got together and did like a little happy hour with each other to kind of like break the, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, she's, she's done sleepovers where her and her friend would like stay all night on the phone and kind of hang out and do stuff together, watch a movie together. So they're becoming creative. I love it. Shade added that the schools are also making sure the kids stay interactive and have to call in to virtual class for attendance. Of course, they have their schoolwork. So the teachers um, check in via Zoom with them every single day. Um, so she's working from about 8 to noonish to get her work done. Um, they're using Google Classroom to kind of get things taken care of, and then they have their online um, programs. Whether it's London, England, Manchester, England, or Las Vegas, Nevada, 
students young and old are sharing the same experiences when it comes to adjusting to learning from home. It's oddly comforting to know through all of this, we are truly not alone. And we'll be right back. Here's a song from local Ajax Ontario artist Garnett with his song Seas and Shells. Like most of us, Garnett is home working on his music and spending time with family. Ryan, let's switch gears and focus on what we're doing here in Canada. Elementary school students started virtual studies last week, Monday, and they are just one of the many groups impacted by this pandemic. Both the students and their families are still getting used to the changes caused by the virus, including the Zach family from Ajax, Ontario. Melanie Lennon spoke to the father and son here is what she learned. April 6th marked the first day of online classes for elementary students in Ontario. Grade 5 student Jacques Zach says he misses school. He misses playing with his classmates and he misses seeing his teachers. I like it better in school, but online is still, I still learn lots of things. But I'd like to go back to school. Despite being home, he still sticks to a similar routine. Jock starts his school day around 9.30 and does his work until 3. 
During this time, he studies subjects such as science, math, and French, using websites like Google Classroom to complete his work. He says doing classes from home isn't always easy, but he understands why schools had to close. Schools have been closed uh, for COVID-19 because it's spreading and everybody's staying home to stop the spread. Jock's dad, Malcolm Zach, works from home right now. He works in engineering and says work has been fairly slow, but the current circumstances have still made tasks difficult. So we're trying to still work at the same time as helping the kids out with their schoolwork. So uh, running around a bit more than usual and the fact that they're home always distracts you. Malcolm says it's been hard to keep the household spirits up, but they're still managing to see the positives during these stressful times. Our opportunity to spend more time together as a family and uh, focusing on uh, simpler things, staying home more, and uh, not being as occupied and busy throughout the weekdays. In Whitby, Ontario, I'm Melanie Lennon. Melanie gave us a look inside what is happening in many households around Canada. But there is another viewpoint you addressed, Tracy, when speaking to the teacher in Manchester about what it's like to just be a teacher during all of this. Yes, I can only imagine most Canadian teachers saying goodbye to their students for March break, expecting to come back in a week and plans changing that very day they said goodbye. For the last few weeks, teachers and staff in schools across the country have been learning alongside their students. Lesson plans have been moved online for, for all schools because of COVID-19. For an Oshawa elementary school teacher, it has been especially tough moving her curriculum to online learning. Brandon Wright has more. I just remember you being a, a kid that everybody likes. Like the teachers liked you and the other kids liked you and you got along with other people and you were empathetic and like you were just a, you were just a nice kid. That was Jillian Crosby, or to me, Ms. Crosby. She was my teacher in grade six and grade seven. I called her up to talk about the move to online teaching. In the process, I learned that eight years later, I'm not all that different. However, I did learn a lot has changed in her classroom. I know exactly where I was. I was coming across Conlon Road and I heard on 680 News that the Minister of Education had announced that schools would be closing and like, I remember my, I, I won't be allowed to say it, but I was like, holy shit. Ms. Crosby says before the school closed down, teachers and staff made sure their students knew how to stay healthy. As a music teacher herself, Ms. Crosby says she had already taken extra steps in her classroom spaces to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Talking to kids about washing their hands, being very careful with like mouthpiece sanitizing, cleaning recorders. I was doing all of that myself instead of letting kids do it, things like that. Ms. Crosby teaches music to students from grade 2 through grade 8 at Seneca Trail Public School in Oshawa, Ontario. Here she is with her students last year at their spring musical, The Little Mermaid. Oh, Star, you're going to love this number. I wrote it for my star people. She says moving her curriculum online has been tough. She teaches two grade 8, two grade 7, two grade 6 classes, and a 5-6 split. Since the school only has enough instruments for one class, it isn't possible for each student to have their own instrument at home. Crosby says because of this, 
She can't teach band anymore. It has been a complete about face for everyone in grades six and up. Crosby explains that everything has been flipped upside down. While a lot has been turned around, she says her students have been great. A lot of kids are engaged. We, I mean, I think kids were excited to see what it was going to be about. And I think they're in, they seem to be enjoying it. Crosby says, while the first few days of online learning have been impacted by tech issues, such as server overloads and crashes, she hopes it doesn't discourage the students moving forward. In Oshawa, Ontario, I'm Brandon Wright. So now moving from elementary to high school, Ryan, you spoke to a high school gym teacher about her adjustments to virtual teaching. Yeah, for high school students and teachers, things have changed a lot as classes transition to online learning, but some courses are easier than others to teach over the internet. Phys Ed is one of them. How do students continue to be active while being stuck at home? I spoke with Roxanne Curtis on how she motivates students to get up and exercise. She's the head of the physical education department at Sinclair Secondary School in Whitby, Ontario. Roxanne Curtis has taught at Sinclair Secondary since it opened in 1994. In the 26 years she has been there, she has never taught online or even made a class online for phys ed. She had to adapt quickly and send students things that they could do at home to stay active. What we've done is sent um some suggestions for home workouts, things that don't require any equipment, things they can do on their own, um, a list of activity suggestions, you know, throw a ball against a wall, get out a skipping rope, go for a walk where it's safe and you can social distance. Curtis knows it can be a challenge to get students to be active on their own, especially when they have so many distractions at home. It is a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, we're trying to just motivate them to get up and move because, you know, most teenagers, they'll sit and play video games all day. She hopes the videos and readings being sent out to students are something that can motivate them to get up and moving. I mean, we know that when we move, we feel better. And if we feel better, then we're going to look at things with uh, a much more positive attitude. And I think especially during these times, we need something to, to keep us going. And we're just hoping that what we're providing gives the kids a little bit of motivation. The exercises are being monitored. Students are being asked to write out what they are doing each day. What we have asked for is a, a personal reflection, um, which they're filling out each day. Mm -hmm. But we've asked that they submit it um, just on the Friday. Um, so that will give us a little bit of feedback. They also have an option if something, if there's something they don't understand that they could message us directly via the Google Classroom. Even if it's just a small walk or going out for a breath of fresh air, Curtis says anything is better than nothing. You know, at least get outside and get some fresh air, whether you just stand there and text on your phone. Like, um, we, it, it's a very challenging time. I'm not sure that there is. Uh, an answer to that. In Oshawa, Ontario, I'm Ryan Hawk. Likewise, for college students, switching to online learning has been challenging. Tracy, just a few weeks ago, we had to chase stories from home and communicate with our professors for story edits online, whereas before we were accustomed to the in-person editing process. I completely miss that process. Um, it can be very challenging when you're not familiar with this style of learning, online learning 
Tara Sutili spoke to a student who is finding it difficult, someone whose struggle she knows all too well. When it comes to doing online school, some students are adjusting, while others, it's a very real struggle. My sister, Jenna Sotilli, is in pre-health at Durham College. She was diagnosed with a learning disability at nine years old, which means she's had individual education plan or an IEP for most of her school life, including college. Her IEP suggests she gets extra time for test, has a scribe or someone who takes notes for her in all classes, and she has no more than one test per 24 hours. And she also needs a quiet work environment. For all of those reasons, doing online school is something that makes learning even more difficult for her. Definitely time management and not having my teachers give us physical copies of the assignment and mm -hmm. not having any hands-on experience. She says not having that hands-on learning aspect to her courses right now is making things a lot more difficult. Her professors are putting PowerPoints online, but that's not the easiest way for her to learn. When this first started, it made me, like, it seemed that all the professors were going to do online lectures every day. But as soon as it started, I haven't had one online lecture. They kind of just posted the PowerPoints, and I just teach myself. eCampus Ontario Program Manager Brandon Carson says what students are experiencing right now is not true online learning. This is, we are being forced into online learning for a few weeks to finish off the courses to make sure that our students are able to achieve the learning outcomes within their courses. A true online course, it takes a lot more time and development to, uh, to put together. He explains that some faculty are referring to this quick move online as remote learning instead. When colleges were making the move to online, Carson helped faculty members across Ontario with the switch. One thing he wanted them to think about was online assessment and how it may not work for everyone. So with things that I've been trying to really promote are first uh, faculty to rethink of how students are learning right now and the, the scenarios they may be in. It could be a single mother who isn't able to make class during normal class hours. So we have to rethink of how often or how long we leave assessments open for. Carson says he hopes his experience is going to change the way people view education. And then when I think of education, I think this is going to change education moving forward in some ways in a very positive way. Uh, I see that more faculty are going to embrace technology and find different ways to use technology within their courses, even if it is a fully face-to-face -face course. Carson says going forward, he will use Microsoft Teams in his face-to-face -face and online classes as a way to build community in his courses. Those are all good things to think about moving forward, but not music to Jenna's ears for now. She never thought online learning would be as difficult as it's turned out to be. I, like when I first started this online learning, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. But as it's been going on for a couple of weeks now, I've realized that it's harder than I thought and people are, are not taking it seriously. And I thought it was going to be easy and I could like fly through it, but it's actually a struggle teaching myself. Carson has some advice for Jenna and other students like her. He says there are other online resources they can access for help. Uh, faculty are putting together great learning resources for students, but you also have the world at your fingertips with the internet. And there's so many great things out there to, to learn a lot of this stuff. So we have access in Ontario to LinkedIn Learning, the Ontario Government Health Fund 
uh, LinkedIn learning to be available to students. I think it's from about a three year period and we're just coming up at the end of that third year right now. But with LinkedIn learning, it, it has so many great resources created by industry professionals in a wide variety of subject areas. With her courses coming to an end, Jen is excited to finish her program and put the stress behind her, at least until September. That's when she expects to start the practical nursing program at Durham College. In Oshawa, Ontario, I'm Tara Sotilli. All students are affected by this pandemic, but we are all adapting to our new realities, whether we like it or not. And that's where our final story takes us to Donald A. Wilson Secondary School in Whitby, Ontario. For many high school students, grade 12 is the most exciting year of high school and one they look forward to for years. But what happens when that year gets cut short and events such as graduation and prom are postponed or canceled altogether? Fiona Campbell caught up with two students and here's what they told her. Many high schoolers look forward to their grade 12 year as being the most exciting year of high school. But what happens when that year gets cut short and events like graduation and prom are at risk? I talked to two grade 12 students at Donald A. Wilson in Whitby to see how their graduating year getting cut short is affecting them. Grade 12 student Rachel Hannon has felt the impact in many ways. The whole friend aspect, that's been a bummer because I know for me and like for my friends, a lot of us are getting kind of like, you know, depressed just because we don't have like our social life anymore. Hannon also had to cancel a March break trip she was planning with friends. So we had um, a Quebec City trip and me and three of my other friends were organizers for it. Um, And that was supposed to take place over the March break but that is now being postponed to either the summer or it's just getting canceled, like, um, in general. Robbie Campbell also had a trip canceled. He had his April Europe trip canceled shortly after March break started. Uh, I found out from the the organizer, Miss Fung, who, you know, texted me or texted everybody and said that it was full-on canceled and that was a little ways into March break. I was expecting, as soon as I found out it was like all of Europe was shutting down and like Italy completely shut down first, I was like, oh yeah, this isn't happening. Hannon and Campbell were told by the school they would not be returning after March break is over. It's disappointing, I mean, because there's a lot of, uh, the end of grade 12 year is like where everything happens. It doesn't happen at any other time, like prom and like graduation Hannon explains that prom was the end goal for her. She's had her black floor-length gown since January. It's affected me because um, prom, like, that's, like, a big aspect of the grade 12 life. You know, that's kind of, like, the end goal for everyone. And it's just kind of disappointing thinking that that's most likely going to get canceled for us. And the graduation um, is also going to be postponed, where, like, we have the ceremony to officially have graduated. So... That's kind of like not, that's kind of like worrisome for all of the grade 12 students because we don't really know like when that's going to happen either. All students at the school are now continuing their classes online.
from Whitby, Ontario. I'm Fiona Campbell. And that's it for our second episode of Covocation. Coming up next week, we're focusing on frontline workers, the people out in their fields, making sure we stay safe, healthy, and fed at home. I speak to a postal worker who is still out delivering mail every day. And Tracy brings us a conversation with the health inspector who tells us how his job has changed. Join us next week for a brand new episode of COVIDcation with new hosts and new stories. <laughs>